Welcome back to the Call on Our Shop podcast. I'm Austin. I'm joined by Logan. We got a lot to cover today, but this is the weekly live or weekly podcast posted every Wednesday at 10 a.m. Eastern time. I do got to give you guys a disclaimer. We won't have a podcast next week, but we got an action-packed episode. We're going to talk about the Super Bowl, talk about the NBA trade deadline, a bunch of other things. But first, Logan, the co-host, how are you doing, man? I'm doing amazing. And can, tell, can I tell you why? We are so close to 25,000 subscribers. So, look, I'm going to plug it for you. If you're not subscribed to our channel, what are you doing? Mash that subscribe button. It's 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 so great. And and click the like button while you're at it. Why not? Two two for one. Show us how amazing you guys are. How are you doing? Uh, I'm doing awesome. The call on our shot channels really. We say it's going to the moon, and it really is. So we appreciate all the people that listen to this podcast. Are normally our OG fans, the people that are always listening, and we appreciate those people. Um, the reason that this channel continues to grow day by day, I mean, we're recording this Tuesday, and at the moment we've gained like 400 subscribers just today. Hopefully we have a good night in the NBA. If we uh, didn't on Tuesday night, uh, don't don't come at me. But uh, either way, man, it's been great to see it, and I got to give all the shout-out to all our new COS All-Stars. I mean, I plug nice. them, and I feel bad plugging them every single morning some days, but they are real. They're the real MVPs, and you can talk on them a little bit more, but Man, the All-Stars have been killing it. I think we just passed a 200, so that's just insane. But we appreciate all the new COS All-Stars. If you want to be an All-Star, just click the Join button next to the channel. Have a couple of cool added perks, too. But I know you love the All-Stars. I wanted you to give your kind of short spiel. <laughs> and then we'll get into the Super Bowl, talk about the NBA trade deadline. Too. Yeah, of course. No, of course. And we, uh, you know, first and foremost, we have to give the All-Stars some love because they're the reason why you and I do this. I mean, waking up in the morning, making these videos, believe it or not, it takes a lot of effort and, and time and Truthfully, I mean, there's nothing I would rather do on a weekend than sleep in. But here you and I are, you know, when when in season making videos. So you you all stars really do, you know, just kind of give us that extra added monetary incentive. So if you're not a, if you're not an all star, highly consider it. It really does help us out. Yeah, I couldn't have said it better myself. We love all those people. You know who you are. I try to shout every single one of them out in every single in every NBA video. The list is coming along, so I I enjoy spending the thirty seconds to rattle off a ton of names. It's the best part of the day, in my opinion. So, thank you to all the COS All Stars out there. Um, we got a lot of content coming your way. Um, like I said, we will not have a live or will not we'll have a live stream later tonight, six p.m. Eastern time. Come show out to that one. Next week's live stream. We'll be around, I think, Thursday. We don't have NBA games on Wednesday, up to Wednesday. Um, so we'll probably have Thursday or Friday will be next week's live stream. And then next week, we won't have a podcast, like I said earlier. We'll be back in two weeks. And today is actually our 25th uh, podcast episode. So round of applause awesome. to us for being back yeah. every single week for 25. We, we deserve a week break. Um, and today was, uh, or yesterday, last week was a cool week because we passed a thousand downloads. So if you want to go help us out, download the podcast, the links down below, it's like buzzsprout.call on our shot. If you want to go download the podcast or give us a good rating wherever you get your podcasts or you download them, we would appreciate that. Cause like I said, a thousand downloads, that's, that's impressive. Yeah, for sure. It's, it, it's, it's really, you know, this podcast is what you and I enjoy to do for funsies. Uh, you know, the, the pics videos are where the pressure's on, right? The lights are on, but this is just you and I as friends. And we, I always love seeing all the comments. So let's, let's figure out a comment for the people this week. Give us, oh, okay. Give us, give us your Super Bowl pick for next year's, give us the Super Bowl winner for next season, because it's it's never too early to bet these future bets, and, and we're going to talk about it in this episode, but I need to know in the comments who you guys are rolling with. 
I agree with that. And I don't think there's a better segue than into talking about this year's Super Bowl. Yes. We had a great game. Um, it was we were really spoiled for the last seven playoff games, and the Super Bowl was a good one. It wasn't, I wouldn't say it was the best game we saw all postseason, but still a very good game. We saw Matthew Stafford and Cooper Cup lead that drive down the field. Rams end up winning 23 to 20. I know we had a couple different uh bets we talked about last week. Um your Bengals plus four did hit, so congrats yep. to them. I know you wanted the outright win, but they did hit. I had that Rams one to thirteen point win, which was was a great bet. And then I got the coin toss, baby. Heads, heads never <laughs> fails. That's what yeah. you're saying. Well, uh, guess what? I had the even better bets with amazing value. I picked the Gatorade correctly, and I picked the Super Bowl MVP. So I really hope you guys were listening to me out there with my wisdom, telling you Cooper Cup's done it all year. He's he was just an, an amazing. I mean, do you want to do you want to start with game takeaways? Like, yeah, I, I let's hop right into this game. Let's talk about it, and then we'll give you guys our Super Bowl front yeah. runner for next year. Exactly. So, okay, how do we how do we talk about this game without first touching on you know the Super Bowl MVP, which is Cooper Cup? The man had one of the best seasons of a wide receiver of all time, it, it, and it, and it's not even like exaggerating. Prisoner of the moment, he he was just that good statistically, and when it mattered the most, Matt Stafford was looking for Cooper Cup. And it was no secret, right? And the Bengals tried their best to guard him, but you just can't. He's always open. It's just how it's going to be. Matt Stafford had a great, uh, you know, clutch performance with with that last drive. Say what you want about the flags, but it was still it was still a great performance and and kind of cemented, you know, his legacy, right? You know, Matt Stafford was always like get him out of Detroit kind of legacy. See what he can do. So big shout out to the, to the Rams and on the Bengals side. <sighs> What did I say? What did I say last week? Offensive line, where are you at? Oh, it's 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 disappointing that the offensive line was once again the the bane of their existence, and it finally just caught up to them. It was, it was tough to see. Yeah, and I think that was a, a thing that a lot of people said was like the offensive line is going to be a concern. And honestly, through the first yeah. half, it was pretty good. It was like they were doing, they were blocking decently, they were running the ball all right. And I think Joe Mixon had 40 rushing yards in the first half because he obviously hit his over, and I had his under, and they were blocking pretty well. And then it's like they. You saw that Aaron Donald hit on Joe Burrow, which it was a completely mm-hmm. legal hit, pushing him out of bounds. They got into Aaron Donald's face, and he was like, it's like he sat up in his gamer chair and said, okay, you guys want to <laughs> actually – you want to do this? And so and then he just absolutely dominated the rest of the game. It was a great showing yeah. by the Rams defensive line in the second half. That's what that's what everyone said would be the biggest difference maker. I'm glad I think Joe Burrow is safe or healthy. I mean, as healthy as he can be after getting smushed 70 times. I don't know how many times he was sacked, but it's probably 70 yeah. times this season. So they got to really shore up every every ounce of their budget and the salary cap's got to go to the offensive line. But, I mean, yeah. you got to give the Bengals their props. I mean, I'll talk about the Rams in a second. But even though you are a Bengals fan, I know Scott out there, he's always uh, he's always Day Nation. you got to be happy with your team. I mean, no one expected them to be this far, even that, let alone to really win their division this season, but let alone get to the Super Bowl. So a lot of bright spots. Obviously, you know, you'll shore, shore up that uh, offensive line in the offseason, but – Jamar Chase, T. Higgins. I mean, T. Higgins had a great game. We don't need to talk about his arguable P.I. call. That was not a no call. So I think I I hate seeing flags kind of like balance out, but that's kind of how I felt this game kind of figured out to be. But still Bengals with a great season. But, yeah, we're talking about Matthew Stafford cementing that legacy. I don't and I, I saw Richard Sherman going off on people on Twitter saying that, you know, the bar for a Hall of Famer is very low these days for a quarterback especially. And I feel like that's Mm kind of true. But Matthew Stafford, we'll see how the rest of his career. I mean, people forget this guy's only 34, you know, 35 years old. 
he could still play for another five, seven years. And we saw Brady go to 44 years old or 45. So anything's possible for Stafford. We'll see exactly how long his career goes on. But you got to be happy for him getting out of Detroit. You also feel bad for the Detroit fans who are like, the Detroit Rams, that's what they're kind of saying they are. But it's like <laughs> you feel bad because you're like, well, we're happy for you, Stafford. We've supported you for 12 years. But also, what the heck, Lions organization? We had this guy. He just goes to yeah. a new team and then absolutely wins. Now, granted, you got to think about the Rams. They pushed all the ta- all the chips into the center of the table just for this season. So we'll see. Mm-hmm. And I got to say, first, uh, you know, prayers out to Odell Beckham Jr. It looks like he tore his ACL, which is unfortunate. He was having a great playoffs. I mean, great start to that game with 52 yards and a touchdown on the mm-hmm. first, like, quarter and a half but hopefully he gets back and i'm sure i'll get back healthy but i'm excited for this rams team in the future uh but yeah you got a cooper cup what a what a legend what a, that no looker oh man, man cooper cup though cooper cup's ridiculous i i just was thinking you know next season fantasy football where do you take cooper cup and we could talk about this maybe in future podcast episodes yeah, but of course it's gonna be hard to not take that guy if you're in a PPR league, how do you not take him like number one? The guy's glitch and he's not going to change unless the team's triple team him. Like Stafford does not care. He will literally throw it. They knew where he was going with the ball. And it was just like curl route, the slant. It, oh, man, the guy's, it, the guy's insane. I mean, how, what, what we said all year is how, how do defenses stop him? It, it was like such the easier said than done kind of thing. Like, oh, just stop Cooper Cup. Because as soon as Odell went down, I was really interested. I was like, how – how, how are the Bengals' defense going to play knowing that Matt Stafford really wants to go to Cooper Cup? Don't matter. It, it, it really didn't matter at all. It didn't change the game plan. They're like, he's still going to be open. He's just – that chemistry was really crazy to see in, you know, year one with Stafford and Cup. It's like they've been playing for 10 years. It was it was, it was really impressive to see. And, I mean, Cooper Cup is just he's, – he's like, he's like the embodiment of what you and I just would aspire to be. Just right, right, like – like this non-talented guy, well, or overlooked guy, you know, zero star recruit um, coming out of Eastern Washington. And here he is on the, on the biggest stage being Super Bowl MVP. It brings a tear to a grown man's eye. It really does. But <laughs> no, we're, we're getting too cheesy with Cooper Cup. But I mean, really, really, you know, we can't say enough good things about him. What I do want to talk about a little bit with the Bengals is I mean, how do you how okay, so bettering the offensive line is is easier said than done, but I just don't know. Like if there was an over-under bet on would the Bengals make it to over under one more Super Bowl within the next five years, I'd have to hit the under on that. I just think because it, it, they caught so much lightning in a bottle this playoff run. They 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 had some amazing finishes, some amazing comeback runs. I'm gonna I'm gonna put on the the pessimistic sad face for Houdé Nation. I'm I'm sorry. Look, I'm sorry, Bengals fans. I just have lived this already, and I've lived a very similar narrative, especially with Von Miller terrorizing my team in the Super Bowl. This one was Aaron Donald and a little bit of Von Miller, but you cannot take these these Super Bowl losses for granted. You can't take the trips for granted either, because you think one minute your team's in the Super Bowl playing, oh, next year. Carolina Panthers went 15 and one that year. I was like, oh, we're going to be in the next Super Super Bowl. We're going to be in the one after that, maybe. Yeah, no, no didn't even sniff one. So I just, I'm, I'm, I'm just. It's a reminder of how the NFL is structured, where there's parity all the time, and we're going to talk about next season, and we're going to, and we're going to talk about, you know, who, who, who we want. But I just, there's so much parity, and and the Bengals, that this was kind of the perfect storm for them. It's, it, it is really tough to see them not be able to. Uh, bring Cincinnati that championship. 
Yeah, and I I completely agree with that. And I feel like it goes back to um, what Joe Burrow said in the press conference. And I thought it was really telling because he talked about Kurt Warner. And I I don't remember Kurt Warner was a little bit. I saw that tail end of Kurt Warner's career. And I think we're we're both kind of on the same page. And I don't necessarily know how many Super Bowls he went to. But um, we look at what Joe Burrow said in the press conference. And he was like, it stings to lose this game. Obviously, you know, you want to win it and it's not the end of the season, but he said, he listened to Kurt Warner's like documentary or something like that. And what Kurt Warner was saying was that they didn't, they didn't, you know, look back on their season when Kurt Warner lost in the Super Bowl back on in 1990 and 2000. I think that was the only, the last Super Bowl he made. And that was when they won, or maybe they lost one of those years. I don't remember exactly, but what Kurt Warner was saying was that, you know, they didn't, they would never made another one. And they looked on the loss as like a, dang, this stinks more. And what Joe Burrow was saying was more like, uh, we got to be thankful for everything we we accomplished this season and look back on this with, you know, a lot of triumph, not a lot of like sadness. And I hopefully they do do that. And I know they're NFL athletes and athletes in general, they're going to, you know, want to achieve the best, but still a great season. But you're right, in my opinion, and we'll talk about this in a little in a second. If I, I would take the under on the Bengals under for Super Bowls as well. I mean, we think about their playoff run. And the teams they beat, it wasn't the only, I mean, I love the Raiders, but the Raiders, they weren't going to make the Super Bowl, in my opinion. You yeah. look at the Titans, they're kind of suspect. The only real good team that people really thought, you know, oh, this team's got a, at the beginning of the season, this team's got a good chance of winning the Super Bowl, would be the Chiefs. And they came back and beat them, but they didn't have to go through the Bills. And there's a lot of competition in the AFC, and we'll talk about that in a second. I mean, we look at the two front runners for Super Bowl next year are the Bills and the Chiefs. So, I love the Bengals. I'm going to root for him hard. I love Joe Burrow. I love his confidence. But you're right. It's going to be – it's tough to make a Super Bowl. I mean, as you know, you speak from existence and experience with your Panthers. I mean, you can go so good one season and everything can flip the script the next. So it's tough to make the Super Bowl. That's why I hope the Bengals and their fans – I know it might take a week to get over this you know, loss, but you have to be super happy with the team and you know, getting there. I mean, they never made the Super – had they made the Super Bowl before that? I know they hadn't yeah, won one. Back in the 80s, back in the they, 80s, they made the Super it's Bowl. Yeah, it's been yeah. 40 years since then. So props to them. And I hope they're back there because I love rooting for uh, for Joe Burrow and teams that don't make it too often. The Chiefs have had a ton of success. The Bills, maybe they'll get there eventually too. But it's tough. It's tough. The future is bright for sure. And, and, and what again, what, what you can take optimistically is the Bengals are ahead of schedule, right? You know, no one thought in year two of Burrow – uh, that that they make it to where they are. So I mean, cre- big credit to them. I just I've seen it before, and and injuries, free agency, locker room turmoil. There's just so much that can happen in a football season. It's not really the NBA, right? The NBA has a lack of parity. The Golden State Warriors during their dynasty was a shoe in for the NBA Finals. You didn't know how or why. You just knew they were. The, N- the NFL is different, just because there's so many other variables. So I, like I said, the future is bright. I just. I really I, I, Bengals fans have to realize that that might have actually been their best chance for a Super Bowl to kind of catch the league off guard, but we'll see. And no team will sleep on the Bengals anymore. Like that's the the Bengals aren't. It, it, the good news for them is is you know they're they're they got their respect. Bad news is they got a target on their back, right? No one's gonna take the Cincinnati Bengals for granted anymore. They're not gonna be the bottom feeder of the AFC North anymore. But we'll 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 definitely see. I'm I'm interested to see how they do next year. 
Yeah, and I'm curious what they do in this offseason. I know Jesse Bates is probably their biggest free agent at the moment. Yeah. I'd imagine they want to bring him back. And I imagine some guys want to go play for the Bengals now, which is crazy to think about two years ago. Thinking, oh, free agents want to go play with Cincinnati Bengals. But, <laughs> hey, with Joe Burrow and, and company getting it done, Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, I mean, that's a great future core that they got. Tyler Boyd is still pretty solid. Joe Mixon, obviously good himself. And then some pieces on the defensive side. So props to the Bengals. We had a great yeah, Super Bowl. We didn't need to hear that name. Oops. Yeah, man, Eli Apple is just being criticized left and right. I don't need to criticize him some more. I mean, uh, hey, he tries to talk a big game and you got to back it up. And when you don't back it up, you're going to get criticized. Just like Jalen yeah. Ramsey, if they lost that, like I think Jamar Chase was wide open on that final fourth he and was. one play. Just Joe Burrow had like one second of time. Man, if, if Jalen Ramsey gets burned again, he's going to get the same slander that Eli Apple's going to get. He just his yeah. team happened to win. He had Aaron Donald on his side. Eli yeah. Apple did not, and Eli Apple didn't. You know, play terrible. It's just you know he's trying to guard Cooper Cup one on one. That's that's a mismatch. That's barbecue chicken. I, that's the new <laughs> barbecue chicken. You can't do it. You can't. You cannot guard the man one on one. Uh, Eli Apple's a professional. You got to understand. You got you talk the talk. You got to walk the walk. I mean, no doubt about that. R.I.P. Eli Apple. You're a meme yeah. now. 100%. So let's, <laughs> let's shift focus from Super Bowl 56, and then we'll talk about the trade deadline in a second. Go to Super Bowl 57. Next year, Super Bowl. Put all the top 10 odds on the screen. Obviously, there are some other dark horses like the Jets at plus 15,000. That's pretty good. Might be a worth the dart throw. Wow. Uh, <laughs> Why? Uh, maybe no. just uh, let me get my trash can. I'll throw my couple bucks in there. Uh, that'll be better use of money. Um, but I want to hear your takeaway. Obviously, you know, we're fresh off the Super Bowl. It's never too early to, to place your future bets. And I'm curious yeah. with your, I want, you can give me a dark horse and give me a, whatever, whatever you want. Give me a team that you think is being undervalued right now. Okay. Um, well, I'm looking at this for the and... people that are not, you know, for the people that are just listening to the podcast right now, the bills are plus 700, the favorite yeah. chiefs are 750 Rams plus 1200 Packers plus 1300, Cowboys plus 13, and the 49ers plus 15. And then the Bengals are plus 2000 with a couple other behind them. All right, let's start let's start this with a realistic thing that that could happen and you would put your own money on it, right? And maybe maybe I will talk myself into putting my own money on this. And gosh, I just got to say it's 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 setting up for a really good clown nose pick. We're, all throughout next season, you can reference that I picked this team at, at the way too super early Super Bowl odds, but the Dallas Cowboys at plus 1,300. Look, bad coaching aside, this team is just way too talented. If you're giving me over over 1,000 value, they have such an easy path to the Super Bowl. It's actually crazy. They play in arguably one of the worst divisions in football. They play in the NFC too, which is, is really where this comes down to. The AFC is going to be super competitive with the top two teams on here with, with the, you know, with the odds, Bills and Chiefs. I mean, they're going to be racing up there. So automatically the Cowboys have an advantage there. So you got a good path. You got extremely talented players, Dak Prescott and, and whatever happens with the rest of the team, you know, they've got a really good, strong receiving core can Kellen Moore finally figure out that offense? They're they're returning Kellen Moore and Dan Quinn, which was big. I mean that you know not losing those two you know talented coordinators uh, to other head coaching jobs. I think that's good for continuity's sake. And and it's just can the Dallas Cowboys just stay out of their own way? Can they just not choke? Probably can not. They not just, can can they just not be a collapse? Can 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 Mike McCarthy not call stupid you know timeouts or clock management issues? 
That's that's the real question. And if and if the answer is yes, they can stay out of their own way. This team is is making the NFC Championship at the very minimum. They just the the path is there. So my concern here, and I would need to do some research on this. The Cowboys had way too many turnovers this season in terms of forced turnovers, in terms of getting interceptions, getting fumbles and things like that, that I think they're due such a regression in that spot because those can be fluky. I mean, sure, you can have guys that can catch the ball great like Trayvon Diggs and whatnot, but sometimes they're a little bit fluky than they are, you know, your team being that that much better than other teams. So I feel like those plays made their team so much better and obviously put you in a better position to succeed. So I'm honestly considering their team total under and wins next year, just because I don't think all those turnovers will be there. Now, will they go under? I mean, their line could be 12 and a half for all I know, or 11 and a half, but I just don't know. I just haven't seen enough. And I really don't trust Mike McCarthy. I mean, we saw Aaron Rodgers struggle to just win playoff games with Mike McCarthy, let alone get to the Super Bowl. I just don't trust him. And I don't trust Jerry Jones. I don't trust anyone near them. <laughs> And I, I I don't know. I just don't have a good feeling. Do they have all the talent in the world? Absolutely. On the defensive side of the ball, they got Micah Parsons, which was a unanimous defensive rookie of the year, the first ever, I believe. I mean, the guy's insane. Micah Parsons, he is who he is. He'll lead that defense yeah. for the next decade. But I just don't know if I trust them. It's just the Cowboys. We already we all know they love to choke when the pressure gets on. And I, I wouldn't be mad. I love Dak Prescott. I think he's an awesome human being off the field. I always root for success on the field. But just like, ah, man, Mike McCarthy, I don't know how you can put, I mean, I, I put wrote, wrote it down 18 minutes and four seconds is when you started on uh, yeah, February you 16th, 2022. So we'll revisit this probably January next year and just be like, Logan, you need to wear your clown nose. I don't know. Where I, will, I will wear it with pride just because I, in my head. But, and, yeah, but and, I agree with your analysis. Like yeah. the division's great and the NFC is probably where you want to target someone. That's and this is the problem I think with me and anybody who bets Dallas or or even maybe is a fan of Dallas in your head and on paper it seems so good and then event happens after event happens drama off the field stuff just just garbage like way outside of the realm of football usually happens and Dallas Cowboys train goes right off the tracks and and you're like you're like why did that happen why did it happen the way that it did I'm just saying I want I want to live in a in a world where things happen like they should, you know, maybe, you know, uh, randomness aside, I, the, the Dallas Cowboys are a very talented team. And, and, and you, you, you're to your point about them, you know, not forcing all those turnovers. Yeah. I understand that, that there's do some regression on that, but you know what you're returning so many, you're, you hopefully returning. We, we don't know the rosters being this early, but you're returning a lot of those defensive anchors and Dan Quinn. I mean, come on, that, that defense, it's still going to be good, and that was the big question mark with Dallas that that defense not not stepping up and yeah, yeah. No, I respect the pick. I can respect it. Now my dart throw, and I was going through a couple different teams. Now I wanted to pick a team in the NFC, and when I was looking at the value on the screen, the Packers, my opinion, now good value. They lose Aaron Rodgers. That team is going to go down to plus fifteen thousand with the Jets. Uh, maybe they have a little bit better odds, but the Rams, I, I could run it back, but. They got a little bit lucky in terms of their the playoff run. I mean, Stafford, I love him, but teams are going to figure him out, in my opinion. Hard to repeat as back-to-back Super Bowl champs with that big of a target on your shoulder. So instead, I'm going to go to the AFC, go to the AFC West. I'm going to go with the Los Angeles Chargers, the team that it plays in the same stadium as the Rams. Why not go back-to-back? <laughs> and the Chargers, we think about, they got Justin Herbert, great young quarterback what going into his third year. And we saw last year, we saw the Chargers win games. And that was something that a lot of people hadn't seen. They... 
I'm just thinking about the tie in my head. That should have been a tie, but they sold and didn't make the playoffs, blah, blah, blah. They didn't make it. Whatever. It is what it is. But the Chargers won those, once started to win games last season. I feel like that's going to be a change in their culture, something that will, you know, they're going to start becoming more of a winning team. And that was the first year that they really had, you know, had a positive record, had won those close games. Previously, they'd just been losing. Just head scratchers, you're like, oh, no, just another Chargers game where they lose on a mm-hmm. missed PAT after they score a touchdown to tie it kind of thing. It's just those fluky things that they finally kind of conquered last year. Still not a couple fluky things, but I think this year, now sure. You look at the AFC, it's tough. You got the Bills. You got the Chiefs. You got maybe the Bengals too now. But I think the Chargers are in that mix at plus 2,400. I think the value is too good. We saw Joe Joe Burrow just do it in his second NFL season. No reason mm-hmm. Justin Herbert can't do it. He's got the weapons. They've got the defense. Their offensive line is better than the Bengals. They just got to you know be a little maybe less carefree on their play calls at, at Brandon Staley and maybe try to run the ball a little bit more. And maybe they address some things in the offseason, kind of shore up their team. But I think they have so much talent on their offensive side. As long as they can address maybe the stop and the run a little bit, which is not too hard. Just get a defensive tackle. That's pretty good. But I really like the Chargers at plus 2,400 value. I know they're in a tough division, but hey, Justin Herbert, and I, I trust him. They're they're in a tough division for sure. And I mean, look, I mean, the odds say that, right? The the odds are saying Bills and Chiefs and then everybody else, especially in the AFC. But I mean, I love your pick. If you're asking me, Logan, where's their value in the AFC? I'm, I'm all with you with Chargers. I mean, they're they're one of those teams. I told you I talked about the Bengals. They, they kind of got, you know, lightning in a bottle in this playoff run. Could you see the Chargers doing that? I, I absolutely could, especially with, you know, just no Herbert. pun intended either. Yeah. <laughs> Boom. Perfect. Um, but but no, Justin Herbert, one of those talented, you know, young quarterbacks, similar to Joe Burrow. I mean, they're they're all in the same echelon of the future's bright uh, for their teams. Like if I'm a Chargers fan, which maybe there's 10 of those. I don't I don't know. But I'm, I'm saying it, it, I, I would be really excited for, for the team's prospects next year. And I mean, they, they the, the thing is, it comes down to two things with the Chargers. One, you already mentioned it. Uh, Staley, do you know how to punt the football? I know, I know. Maybe he played a, a lot of Madden, where you just want to go for it on every fourth down, but that really puts your team in compromising situations. I don't need to tell him that. All right, he's he's made a. I hope he learned from his boneheaded mistakes. But I mean, there's there's that, and then it's the defensive side of the ball, right? Right, like the Chargers can score at will. I mean, we we remember what they did against the Bengals. Even you you know you brought up the Bengals maybe being a contender. The Chargers uh, smoked them. Like that that wasn't even a competitive game. So they they've shown they can they can just put up points and and blow teams out that that are uh, you know top of the AFC. But the question is, can they stop people? Can they they play Pat Mahomes twice? Can can they do it? I don't know. Depends on on their on their free agent signings, and I and I feel like if they if they you know draft well, make decent free agent signings, plus twenty four hundred could be plus fifteen hundred, uh, in, in 100%. a little bit of time. And we talk about their defense. I mean, they got obviously Derwin James. They got Bosa. They got uh, Asante Samuel Jr. was a great pickup there's ta- in the there's draft. Talent there, yeah. There's talent there. They just need to address maybe the linebackers, maybe that defensive line, but. I think when we talk about the Chargers, we talk about a team, and I think this could be said for any team. It's not, in my opinion, it's not hard to win in the NFL. It's hard to be consistent in the NFL. And I think a lot of players and probably teams and coaches could probably agree with that. Like any team can win any given Sunday. We saw the Bengals lose to the dang Jets for all I care. Like they lost to the Jets. We saw the Jags beat the Titans or Jags beat the Colts. Any team can lose any given Sunday. It's about being consistent. And I think the Chargers. They were never two years ago. Chargers consistency was down on zero. If you had a zero to ninety nine like scale, they're at zero. You didn't know what you're getting every week. Now this year, this past year, probably about a thirty five. 
It was still a, you don't know what the heck's coming. You think yeah. they'll be decent. They'll be favored in some games, but you still don't know. They can raise that consistency like a 70. They know what they're getting in week in and week out. I think they'll be pretty good, but I kind of want to switch over. And before we get into the trade online, I didn't really think we would talk about this. Think about an inconsistent team, the Cardinals. <laughs> and there's been a lot of Kyler Murray talk over the past couple of days. I don't know if you've necessarily seen all the kind of things that have been coming up on uh, social media, but I feel like, you know, we talked about Kyler Murray and the Cardinals um, all throughout the season. It was kind of a similar theme, and it's kind of coming to fruition, whether or not it's true or the reports are true or whatnot. What we said all season long, one, we don't trust Cliff Kingsbury. And number two, we just don't think Kyler Murray is a great leader. And all the reports mm-hmm. coming out of camp are kind of backing that up. It's like, dang, Austin Logan might know yeah. what they're talking about. No, that's a lie. We don't know anything. But <laughs> it still is kind of, I mean, that's kind of telling. We've talked about, and you could definitely go into this a little bit more. You watch those Cardinals game playoffs against the Rams. They would have a bad drive. You see Kyler Murray sitting on the corner, sitting on the bench, yeah. just sulking and not like getting up and saying, you know what, team, we got to rally. We got to mm-hmm. we got to turn this ship around and start to set up. And they didn't have that leadership. And that's unfortunate. I hope Kyler Murray kind of works on that, but that seems to be a common theme coming out of camp, especially with all these things him deleting post. Uh, I, what are your thoughts on this whole kind yeah, of drama? Yeah, I mean, so even his drama is, is a question in itself, but still, it is something to monitor. Yeah, it, you know, th- this could be with some, you know, silly, overblown offseason drama, but I think there's there's a little bit of credibility to it because it was something that I picked up on throughout the year. And I, and I, and you and I always talked about it week after week. We're like, what's wrong with the Cardinals? What's wrong with the Cardinals? I'm like, Kyler Murray's body language is what's wrong. He's not a leader. He's not inspiring his, his teammates. He gets his little midget self gets so many passes batted. I mean, I, there, there's a lot of problems, right. With, with Kyler Murray. And there's, a, there's, there's obviously, you know, so, some rifts between him and the teammates, right. You know, being quarterback in the NFL is there. There, there's a lot of you know layers to it, right? Right? Like you, you ask yourself, why, why, why was Tom Brady so good at what he did? Or what he did? Yeah, it was a lot of the system that he was in, but it was also the fact that his teammates loved him, they respected him, and they were like, "I would die for that man." Right? I feel like the Cardinals' offensive line when they when they when they let a guy uh, through, you know, on accident, and then they turn around and see Kyler Murray running for his life in a little figure eight kind of thing. They might just laugh or say, "Yeah, little, little guy got it coming to him." Like they're not—they're not willing to put their body on the line for Kyler Murray, like like some of these great leaders and all-time great quarterbacks. So Kyler Murray, you got you got some stuff to figure out. You got buy your offensive line some presents or something in the offseason. Say, look, guys, we need this. We need to patch some things up. I'm I, I got to take responsibility for my poor play because Kyler Murray did play poor. He he, he really did. The the Cardinals crashed and burned because of his play. So, I mean, you, you've got a lot to figure out there. You know, it, it is early in the offseason. We want to make, you know, a, things, a, a big deals about nothing. But this is something. Yeah, no, it 100% is. And maybe we'll see exactly what goes down. And I don't think we'll have a ton of NFL talk on the podcast for the next couple weeks. Although I believe the free agency is in about a month exactly. Free agency opens, I think, March 16th. So yeah. a month to the date. Um, but, yeah, it's something to monitor. I don't, I'm not coming out here and saying, Kyler Murray will get traded this offseason. I'm not going to say that. That's like, that's ridiculous. But it is something to monitor. It's something to kind of keep up there because yeah. they do need Kyler Murray to step it up. I mean, he is. Everyone knows he's talented. We've seen the talent on display. It's just being consistent and, you know, being able to lead a team. And leadership is something that, you know, quarterbacks might not, you know, do in college because they have their coaches and they have all this other things going on. But 
NFL leadership with that QB position is what you need. And you saw Tom Brady be so successful. You see Joe Burrow kind of have that same leadership. It's even guys like Russell Wilson and all those kind of elite quarterbacks all have that kind of leadership. And so it's something Kyler Murray needs to work on. Obviously, we're not writing off his uh, career. He's still a very talented QB with a lot of future success coming his way, but something to monitor. But without further ado, let's hop into the NBA deadline. We'll talk about it for a couple minutes. And I know you don't pay attention to the NBA as much as I do, but there's absolutely no way that you missed the James Harden for Ben Simmons deal. So I want you to give your initial reactions. Obviously, you are in Philly, so you know the people out there have their pitchforks at Ben Simmons' house whenever he's uh, there. Yeah. But I want you to give your <laughs> takeaway from a, from a Philly Philly uh, native. or Yeah, uh, as, as your resident Philadelphian on this podcast, I can tell you that that the, the buzz in the, in the city and, and the excitement and anticipation for – Getting Ben Simmons the f out of here was 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 so great. I mean, it it was it was just like what what could you get for him? Oh, yeah, I mean, you obviously had to give up some pretty decent pieces and and draft picks, you know, whatnot to get James Harden. But to just get somebody that that's kind of the toxicity of your franchise out, I mean, you got to do the deal, right? And and to get James Harden and and the score facilitator that he is. Chef's kiss for that for for Daryl Morey and, and orchestrating that trade, but I mean, yeah, I mean Ben Simmons, all, all all you know, good luck to him. Fine, you know, can you go flourish in a situation where you're playing with 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 KD and Kyrie? I don't know. <laughs> you 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 tell me that, but I I mean, it's it's just one of those. It made sense for both sides to go ahead and do it, and you know, especially James Harden uh, in in his introductory press conference, you know, showing Philadelphia some love. This city, if, if you want to get on the fans' good sides and not have them constantly boo you and heckle you, you just got you got to show those Philadelphians some love. And and James Harden, after good start, let's let's I'm, let's see what he does. Yeah, I'm excited for it. I feel like this trade is a win-win for both teams. And I do want to address something which has kind of irked me over the past since the trade went down. What last week, last Thursday, is the Ben Simmons whole mental health thing and i don't know necessarily i'm sure he's got things going on but it always it just seems fishy i mean to i just don't like the way that he handled the situation i'm sure people have railed him over the last week and have railed him all season long since he refused to play but it felt like he kind of used like made a joke of mental health and i feel like that's not cool and that's not something that you know, I really respect too much because that's a very serious issue. And for him to all of a sudden be cured from mental health and suddenly be at the Nets organization right after he gets traded seems a little bit kind of misleading. And so that that yeah. was a little bit frustrating. And I knew that we all everyone knew that would happen. It felt like Ben Simmons was just saying, oh, mental health is the reason I can't I can't play for, you know, lawsuit purposes and things like that. But that was an unfortunate kind of thing that kind of steamrolled from this. But in terms of basketball perspective, I love the trade for both teams. James Harden, obviously, I mean, what him and Kyrie and Durant played 16 games together. They were never healthy. And that's not necessarily James Harden's fault. I mean, he was about as healthy as all of them. I mean, I guess all of them have had their own injury concerns. But James Harden, we know he's one of the best scorers in NBA history. He does a lot more isolation ball, which I honestly think works with the Sixers more than it worked with the Nets. Because you have Embiid. He's sometimes just going ISO on his side. So I love the trade for both teams because I think James Harden gives that final second piece for Joel Embiid. We obviously know Tobias Harris is not a number two and he was having to be a number two to Joel Embiid. And that's why their teams didn't succeed because Ben Simmons refused to shoot a jump shot. And you're asking Tobias Harris to score 25 a game in the postseason. It ain't going to work, but I like this trade for James Harden and Embiid. The pick and roll should be fun. Although they don't run a ton of pick and roll. So I'm not going to necessarily say they're just going to abuse, use and abuse it, but it is cool to see that trade for the Sixers. Curious exactly what his 
player prop lines will be. I'm curious exactly how it pans out. But as for Ben Simmons to, to the Brooklyn, I think it's a good fit for him. They need other guys that can play defense. We'll see exactly how motivated Ben Simmons is. If he comes out first possession and shoots a three and just pretends like he was just uh, pretending to not shoot them in Philly for fun, I'll just I'll probably find it hilarious, but I think it's a good situation. I hope for his success personally, because I know he got it. He's gonna get booed a ton in, in the NBA. At least I'm excited for that game in about a month against Philly in Philly. Oh man, he yeah. might he might die in that game. <laughs> he might get things thrown at him. Yeah, I, I mean that's that's the thing that you know if you're if you're great in the city, you the the city will will make a statue of you like like the Nick Foles statue in front of the Eagles Stadium. But if you're if you're bad, your jersey's gonna be burned. They they might charge you in the parking lot after the game. That Ben Simmons gonna have to need a lot of beefed up security when he returns here. Because I mean, it, his his departure from that team, like you said, it, mental health issues aside, it, it just was really ugly, and it was really just it gave it was terrible optics. Like you you just you held you were you were trying to hold the, the Sixers hostage of you know I I don't want to play for you anymore. You're trying to force their hand and everything. I mean, eventually he did force his way out. That's what turns me off about the NBA a little bit. I hate that, but I mean, whatever. I it, it it's it it is what it is, and yeah. What's really interesting to me, though, basketball wise, James Harden's never played with somebody like Joel Embiid, though. I mean, like if you think about it, like you know his all of James Harden's abilities, right? Joel Embiid can stretch the floor like no other big in the league. Like that that has got to be create a really you know dynamic duo. I, I'm I'm really excited. I've seen people. Who, engage in some hyperboles, you know, Shaq and, and, and Kobe, you know, the, the, that type of duo. No one's saying that necessarily, but if, if both guys, assuming both guys are healthy, I mean, what's, what, what's the limit for the Sixers team? That, that's what I ask you. Yeah. And it's very true. I think they do need to shore up their depth. They really do not have any depth on their team kind of were a little bit limited. Then they got rid of Seth Curry and Andre Drummond. So they have no backup big man, but Harden can make, I don't know. He can make a scrub look pretty good as a backup big man just yeah. with his passing ability. As long as you can catch like a lob dunk, you'll be fine. But yeah, it, it is true. It's they are. This is the most talented player that either I would say, uh, most uniquely talented player. Each player has played with. Now, obviously, Kevin Durant and James Harden have played together, and Kevin Durant's glitching himself. But it's a little. Le- I mean, I don't know. It's a little harder. You could argue both guys are tough, tougher to defend, but in this day and age in the NBA, I feel like there's so much co- emphasis on stretch wings in terms of like Matisse Thibault, you know, a good defender like that, Kawhi Leonard, Kevin Durant. It's like a wing-driven league, and Joel Embiid's been so dominant because he's been the big, the one big man, and him and Jokic are like those two guys that are like dominating as big men, but can do so much else. And that's gonna be tough for other guys. I mean, hardly any center can guard Joel Embiid. And man, they're going to get into the bonus about three minutes into a game, just with foul drawing and all that stuff. They'll be shooting free throws for nine minutes of every single quarter. Yeah. So they're going to they're going to have to reinforce their their free throw line because man, they're going to be wearing it down. But I'm excited for both of them. I hope, I hope, I just cross my fingers that both guys are healthy the rest of the season. Yeah. I mean, obviously Harden's out the next couple games, but he'll be back post All Star break, and it's excited. I'm sure to be a Philly to be next to the Sixers uh, arena and be able to go to those games. I'm sure all the fans are hyped up because I mean, the team didn't get any worse. I mean, they got rid of Ben Simmons who wasn't even playing. They lost Seth Curry and Drummond, but you can replace those guys. You got a future hall of famer, a former MVP. I mean, James Harden is who he is. Has he not had the greatest season this year? Yeah. But who knows how motivated he was to play in Brooklyn. You just don't know. I'm excited. I'm hopeful that he comes out and plays super well for Philly. They deserve it. Those fans, I know I we kind of rag on them, and sometimes Sixers fans can be a little bit annoying, but 
I love Joel Embiid. He's such a troll, and I, I can't <laughs> help but not root for him. I mean, the guy's name on Twitter is Joel Trell. Trell Embiid. I mean, and you saw him post the the meme of. Do you see the meme yeah. he posted with the? the I did. Uh, I went to my home, my hater, my biggest hater's funeral just to make sure he's dead. <laughs> he posted yes. that after Ben Simmons got traded, and they asked him in the, the press conference, and he's like, "I thought the guy looked dressed well." <laughs> so he's he's just a complete troll, and I love him for it. I love, yeah. honestly, he's one of the, my favorite players in the NBA to watch, and I'm excited for him personally getting a, a star like that. Yeah, it's it, it. You know, I'm I'm really just curious to see. You know, number one, can they stay healthy? Number two, can they? You know, can they make noise in the Eastern Conference? You know, and and make the championship. We'll see. You know, we'll we'll see and and talk about it as it happens. I'm excited. Yeah, there's definitely a lot of teams out in the in the East that could make some noise with the Heat, the Bucks. Um, obviously the Nets, the Sixers, tons Magic. of different teams that could make it. <laughs> what was that? Stay in the mic louder for the people. Orlando uh, Magic. <laughs> teams out there. Don't know if that's one of them. Maybe the New York Knicks. They, they stink though. Oh no. Um, but I think that's the biggest trade I wanted to talk about. Is there any other yeah. trades that you uh that caught your eye? I know the Magic traded for Bowl Bowl. Is that something that gets gets you up in the no. morning? No, it, that doesn't really move the needle. The Orlando Magic thought they were so funny with their cash considerations. If you don't know, uh, go go look at the Mag- Magic's uh, social media. They they think they're the funniest, and the, they have to distract from the team's losing ways, so they make funny social media posts. But that, that, that's the that's the highlight of that trade. <laughs> uh, and then the other trades I kind of think about: Kristaps Porzingis Christops, was an interesting one. Yeah. Not wearing my Kristaps shirt. Um, that's an interesting one. I, I don't really know. That doesn't move the needle for either team. It was a no. weird trade to see go down, in my opinion. CJ CJ to the Pelicans was was one that I you know you can see move the needle if if you get Beefy Boy back there. I don't know. <laughs> Who yeah, knows? It, dude, that team, and I, I'm glad you brought up CJ because we've been picking his props the past couple of days. Yeah, that team when Zion gets back will be, I think, the worst defending team in NBA history. That team will not. They only have one defender, and that's Herb Jones, and he plays Zion's position. And so I, I don't know what the Hornets organization does. Maybe they know Beefy Boy, which is what we call Zion Williamson. Maybe they know he's not. He might not play this season. Would that surprise me? Which would it would suck because we know Zion Williamson, one of my favorite players, arguably my favorite player to watch in the NBA. He's electric, but I just don't. I don't know what the heck they're doing over there. It's I just can't imagine him and Jonas Valanciunas on the court at the same time. That's just like, hey, he's just coming into the paint, and then Jonas is just standing there and just brick walling him. It just makes no sense uh, the whole team. But I did like the CJ McCollum trade. It was a cool thing. Kind of split up that Damian Lillard and CJ trade kind of duo. And while I, I you know I love watching both guys play, we haven't seen Damian Lillard in like six weeks, maybe even more. Even this year, I don't know if yeah. we've seen Lillard. So it's just weird. Uh, NBA is a weird kind of league and I'm glad to see team people, you know, making changes and making moves, but don't really think that moves the needle for the Pelicans. They're not, they're not beating the the Warriors or any other, the Suns, the Suns are overpowered, but that's, that's a whole nother conversation. Yeah. You, you see it, you see it all the time in the NBA, you know, teams, teams realize what's our ceiling. Can we, can we get past this? If not, boom, they hit the nuke button and they just blow up their whole team. And that's what the trailblazers decided Eh, see you later, CJ. You know, you know the Magic do it daily, pretty much, or or <laughs> we, or yearly for sure. What a mess! But yeah, a, a, another trade deadline in the books. Love to see it. I feel like there's a lot of uh, as a fan, you. I feel like you'd rather a team completely hit the nuke button than just be average yeah. for a long time. Like, hello, 
my next banner's right here. About as average as we get. Sure, we had a good <laughs> season last year, but we're never going to win a, a championship with this roster. And of course, we didn't make any deals at the deadline. The only guy we traded for, Cam Reddish, there's already reports Tom Thibodeau hates playing him. And he only <laughs> plays him right now because RJ Barrett's injured and they got guys injured, so they have to play him. <sighs> the Knicks are a frustrating <laughs> team, but we could probably save all this talk for a, a, a postseason uh, um, art, uh, like podcast, but our team stinks, man. Yeah, it's it's tough, but hey, hey man, what are you going to do? <laughs> <laughs> we didn't choose this life. It chose us. But that's going to wrap it up for the Call on Our Shop podcast. Do you have anything else you want to share for the people, Logan? Um, if if you're watching this video and you still aren't subscribed, what are you doing? Please hit it. 100%. Go hit that subscribe button. Click that like button, too. If you want to be an all-star, click the join button, too. We appreciate you guys. As a reminder, next week, no podcast. So we won't, won't be back in two weeks. What does that be? That will be in March. We actually won't be back until what March first? Or is that is that true? Checking the calendar. That yeah, well, March 2nd. We'll be back next podcast. We'll be March 2nd. Be able to cover all your questions. Let us know your front runner for the Super Bowl next year or your dark throw pick down below in the comments. We appreciate yep. you again. It's been the Call on Our Shop Podcast. I'll see you guys on tonight's live stream if you're watching this on Wednesday. This has been Austin. This has been Logan. Hey, we'll catch you guys again in two weeks. Stay out of trouble, everyone.